Um, just yeah, just to bring you up to speed, Greg. Um, we on any long snapper practices. Um, obviously this is a tight ship. Um, unlike <laughs> un- unlike the Titans rabble, you know, where we just we just wing it. Um, this is very very different. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it a wing and a prayer on this one rather than just a wing? Uh, the main thing to avoid is getting your own team score wrong. Only an absolute idiot does that. That was excellent. That's yeah. Twice. Like, I was very confidently wrong, but yeah. <laughs> Welcome along to another edition of the Long Snapper podcast. We have now had 13 weeks of the season, just four to go in the regular season, which is going far too quickly. Um, I am Adam, welcoming you all. I've got Rich and Pat as, well, as usual alongside me. Hello to you two gents. Good evening, Adam. Um, Ross and Mike aren't here again. Um, Also this week, Greg is away. Um, He's doing other things. So... We thought we'd get a replacement, Greg. Um, Greg Kett, you are joining us for the first time. Welcome to the show, sir. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Another Titans fan. You it's, thought it's one good. was four too many. Good to have a new Greg here and not old Greg, though, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that gag, that gag never gets old. <laughs> it's like living in where and the inevitable oh. inevitable jokes about yeah, that yeah absolutely yeah yeah thank I you had, uh, yeah thanks it. for having me it's um, there's not there's not many titans fans and stevenish fans and we've got one titans fan and one and one stevenish fan both on this podcast as well which is surreal i don't think whatever i don't think you guys will ever ever have this instance again it's it's almost like we've sort of getting together cuz we know each other off different <laughs> for different <laughs> yeah. reasons um, Nicheness is the long snappers raison d'etre, so it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Ha- half of tonight's podcast are Stevenage fans, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, even more ridiculous than half being Titans fans. But here we are. Um, but obviously, other traditions of the long snapper podcast is that we start with a little quiz. Um, I have prepared. I would call this more of a game. Um, it's not something we've done before, so obviously I've no idea how, how it's going to work. Um, you're going to take it in turns, and I have... In fact, I'm going to start with you, Pat. Um, and then we're going to go Rich, then Greg, for no other reason than that's how I've written your names down. Um, and we'll keep going round and round in circles. Um, I think five rounds, but what, you, what you're going to have to do is name a quarterback jersey number and on each turn it's up to up to you which number you go for obviously once someone's had it you can't then have it again um, you've got to of the 32 starting quarterbacks from last week um, you pick your number and you name as many starting quarterbacks that had that jersey number um, oh. <laughs> so numbers 1 to 19 I can tell you that Three of the numbers, one to nineteen, by starting quarterbacks. Um, but I'm not going to tell you which they are. So if you want to pick them, that's your funeral. Um, <laughs> the maximum for any number is actually three. Um, but I'll, t- I'll tell you that when you when you pick the number. Um, a couple of housekeeping things to note: Baltimore and Dallas haven't played yet. 
but well, I'm going to assume that Lamar Jackson and Andy Dalton are the starters for that game. Um, also, the Bucks and the Panthers had a bye week. Their previous quarterbacks were Tom Brady and Teddy Bridgewater. Um, so they are your quarterbacks. I'm not going to tell you who the other 28 are. That's, yeah, that's your funeral. Um, does that make sense? I wonder if I've got three people here who listen to the rules. This would be new. It mostly makes sense. So what is it, a point per right answer? Anything off for a wrong answer? No, per right answer. So no no penalties here. It doesn't go on offer either. Um, I've just... Also, I'm going to sort of make you answer relatively quickly once you've once you've named your number. Um, Pat, going first. I don't know if that's an advantage or not, but that that's where you that's where you're going to be. Good. I'm going to go number one, okay. and I I'm going to go Kyla Murray, Tua Tungavailoa, and Cam Newton. And you would get a very satisfactory three points to start. Well done. Okay, Rich. You know I pay zero attention to jersey numbers, right? Excellent. <laughs> to the point where I can't even remember for sure what the Niners quarterback jersey. This is going to go so well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't even know who the Niners quarterback is nowadays. Ugh, don't yeah. be scared. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, I. So wait, is it uh, quarterbacks who have been active this season? You well, really weren't listening, were you? No. Last week starters. Last week starters. Yeah, fine. Um, I think number five is Nick Mullins, and I couldn't tell you any others. All right, you're going number five. Yeah. And there's one quarterback started last week with the number five, and it's not Nick Mullins. <laughs> it's Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, so no no points for you on your first go, this bodes well. Um, Greg. Pick a number. I'm going to go uh, trusty 17. Oh, nice. I'm going to go there. Yeah, I'm going to go there. Although I'm bound to miss one. Uh, I'm going to go Tannehill. Correct. Rivers. Yeah. And Josh Allen. And that's the three of them. Well done. Three points for you. Uh, back to you, Pat. Mm. I'm going to go number 10. And I'm going to go... Number 10s. I'm going to go Mike Glennon and Nick Mullen. Um, okay, neither of those two QBs wore number 10. I started really well and then, yeah, then regressed to the mean. All right, the number 10s were um, Herbert and Trubisky, but you didn't name either of those. Rich, haven't... <laughs> this is going to go well, isn't it? I, I reckon I can get <laughs> a point. Go on then. Number 12. Tom Brady. <laughs> Alright, there are two more number 12s, which oh, I'm going to laugh uh, at you trying to get. Carson Wentz. I know he's in that general vicinity of teams. Okay, the, the, he's not number 12. No. Good to get him in on his last week as a starter, though. Yeah, well, yeah. that's true. Oh, uh, God. Um, I mean, there's, there's quite a famous one, but... I know. Wolfson? Oh, dear me, this is a disaster. All right, you could have had Colt McCoy. I'll let you off that one, but you also could have had Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, you didn't didn't get him. Um, Greg, you, you're you still in a joint lead with Pat. Um, care to extend it? Give it a go. Uh, I'm going to go number three. 
And I'm going to go Russell Wilson and Drew Locke. Oh, I can't think of any others. Well, they're the only two. It's a couple of points there for you. Go. Well done. Um, Pat, your turn. I feel like there should be a lot of number sevens. There's a lot of Elway, isn't there? Was he number seven? We'll never I'll, I'll, I'll help you by telling you that Elway wasn't one of last week's starters. Could've, it could have been it's only a matter of time, given their injuries, though, isn't it? <laughs> okay, I'll go number seven, and I'll guess the quarterbacks. Um, Taysom Hill. That's correct. There's only one more number seven. Was it Blockhead himself, Philly Rivers? No, not only do you not know Philip Rivers' jersey number, you weren't paying attention when Greg correctly answered him for number 17. Ah. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it Roethlisberger? Yeah, Roethlisberger. I was at least visualising a seven on his jersey. Though. Yeah. <laughs> That's accurate. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I could get make it through five rounds of this, but Rich, your turn. Five rounds? <laughs> well, until we ran out of numbers was my thinking. But... I ran out of numbers uh. after one. Um, I'm going to go with number eight because Lamar's number eight. I do at least know that one. Um, I have no idea if there are any others. There are two more. Two more. Okay, well, good. I'm lowering other people's scores at least. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is Danny Dimes number eight? It's great. Danny Dimes isn't number eight. Nor is is he a real person. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nor was he a starter, come to think of it. Um, Yeah, he was injured, right? That's true. That's why Colt McCoy is a starter, as you mentioned earlier. <laughs> this is not so badly. <laughs> the worst uh, quiz in Pat's quiz. Just for shits and giggles. Oh, come on. <laughs> what number are we on? Number eight. Number eight. Have one more guess. Did you say Just gave it away. <laughs> it's fine. You, you, uh, your internet fussed out at just the right moment. No, I got no idea, no idea, Adam. Well, I heard Greg say Kirk Cousins, um, but you didn't say it. Um, Brandon Allen for the Panthers was the other one. Panthers? <laughs> That's embarrassing. He definitely didn't start for the Panthers. Um, some other team. Bengals. Let's go with them. Um, Greg, have another go. And you're in the lead. I'm going to go number 11. I'm going to go Carson Wentz, just yeah. because it might be the last time he's actually a correct answer. And Alex Smith, I think he was still 11. Yeah, two points for those two. You're on seven, Pat on four, Rich on two. Let's let's have another round until it gets mathematically impossible for you to be caught. Um, Pat, come on, get some points. All right, number two. Yeah. Matt Ryan. Correct. And there's one more. I think it's Mike Glennon. I'm sure he'll two. <laughs> it's Mike Glennon with the second <laughs> attempt. Well done. <laughs> Rich. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I like the fact that you've sighed. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh. How many rounds have we had? One, two, three, four. This will be the fourth. Come on, pick a number. Would number 13 be one that doesn't have any QBs? Is that the number you're going for? Hopefully, there won't be any QBs. So, yes. <laughs> there are no 13s currently. Brilliant. So, well done. Move, right, on, move Greg. on, Greg. So, that was, that was a flawless uh, uh, actually, thing. You got none wrong. Yeah. That's, that's, that's worthy of a point, I think, in my 
Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 16. Jared Goff. It's the only one I can think of. That's the only 16. Well done. Points there. Um, go on, last round, because Pat, you can mathematically still catch Greg, um, although that partly depends on which number you pick. Two points behind. I can mathematically not dredge anymore. Uh, let's go number nine. Have we had nine so far? We haven't had nine. Sweet. Um, I'm here to. I, I can now tell you that you can't catch Greg. There's only, there's only one number nine. There's only one number nine. <laughs> well, who should we guess for it then? Uh, let's go. Let's go taste some hill again. <laughs> <laughs> you correct. You've already correctly answered taste some hill. Have I? Ah, oh, I should listen to myself. <laughs> so that's why if we said again, you knew you'd already answered taste some hill. Um, no, Matthew Stafford's the only number nine. Do you know what? Normally with a quiz, I'd play it out. Once, even sometimes once the result's obvious but I'm not Greg have some music that's not bad for debut is it not bad. Uh, to be honest it's a lot better than I expected it. and actually jersey numbers is one thing I for some reason do have a decent memory of but I have no idea why well, I'll the take it body, uh, only person that did <laughs> shocking shocking quizzing there can't, we can't even we can't even claim that we were being nice and letting Greg win because everyone knows we're not that kind of podcast. No. <laughs> Nobody thinks you'd do that. <laughs> oh, um, any, anybody wondering, um, number four, you could have had Nick Mullins, Derek Carr or Deshaun Watson. Number six, Baker Mayfield. Uh, 14, Andy Dalton or Sam Darnold. 15, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think that was it. 18 and 19 don't exist either. So, there you go. I was going 19 next. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on. Steve Brains, anytime touchdown corner bets. Um, we are definitely due a win. Um, however, what, we've, what I've decided to do was to have the three of us that aren't here and pick the bets for us this week. So, um they are the rules, arbitrary rules, are just picking players who are playing on the road this week. And Mike, Ross and Greg have each picked a running back and a wide receiver. Um, Mike is going to go for Melvin Gordon, who's playing at Carolina. And Jameson Crowder, who's playing at Seattle. Um, Ross has picked um, Hines for the Colts against the Raiders and Jefferson for the Vikings against the Bucks. And... Greg has gone for um, Devontae Adams, a wide receiver against the Lions, and Mark Andrews, um, who's playing the Browns. Um, so those six are the Steve Rains anytime touchdown corner bets. It's going to be this week, right? How? Why, why? We've got a betting professional on the show for the first time ever, and we've not Good let point. him get involved in any of the selections. <laughs> I suspect oh, oh, a better professional. If it's any consolation, sorry, if it's any consolation, I would have also gone Devante Adams with the other Greg, so for sure. I would suggest that any decent betting professional would probably suggest that we shouldn't be putting on a six-way anytime touchdown bet every single week. Whoa, 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 whoa! If it, listen, like, here's the thing: if you if you bet on fewer players to score, you don't win as much. 
right. you guys are you guys are my dream customers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna ref, I'm gonna refer you to to uh, to where I work just so uh, at least I get some kind of gain out of it. Is is it one of those things where you're not allowed to have a betting account with the company you work for, or is that just a... no? No, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed with where I am now. Previously, in places I have worked, it's been fine, but where I am now, yeah, it's not allowed. Oh, shame. Um, I know. Well, I'd, I'd I'd like to think we'd used your particular company, um, Betway. I'm going to name it. Um, maybe a, if if you need me to edit that, edit that out, I, I won't. No, absolutely um, not. No. But I don't have a Betway account. Just just for the record, I've used other other bookmakers. I'll sort you out, Adam. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just be placing a six-fold uh, anytime scorer, Akers, and I'll sort you out. That's, that's yeah, what you better, need. Better. <laughs> He'd far rather if I, I help pay your wages than, than Sky's, I'm sure. You've, right. you've probably just paid a little bit of them with the free advertisements. I appreciate that. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Tens of listeners are now aware of, of your existence. Yep, so absolutely. Congratulations. Much, much appreciated. <laughs> All right. Let's look back at week 13 in the NFL. And we will obviously do this in one sentence per game. Our one sentence reviews. Let's start with we'll get it out of the way Cleveland 41 Tennessee 35 not as close as the scoreline suggests Cleveland dominated this one surprising me and apparently the Titans completely Las Vegas 31 New York Jets 28 the perfect game to bounce back for Vegas and bounce back they just barely did Jacksonville 24 Minnesota 27 Vikings made their way back from 1-5 to 6-6, six six, thanks to an over, overtime 23-yard field goal from Dan Bailey, who had two extra points and a 51-yard field goal missed earlier in the game. Cincinnati 7-17. Honestly, right now, I'd play Fitz over Tua, but if Tua keeps winning, it's hard to argue. Indianapolis 26, Houston 20. Someone rescued Deshaun Watson. It's making me sad now. New Orleans 21, Atlanta 16. Per our bullish long snapper predictions, this was a comfortable win for Atlanta. Uh, (laughs) Detroit 34, Chicago 30. Detroit win a battle of two poor sides who are now joint worst in the division, which seems appropriate. New York Giants 17, Seattle 12. Four straight wins for the division leaders, New York Giants. Colt McCoy, far from spectacular, but made key plays and avoided critical mistakes to upset the 84 Seahawks. LA Rams 38, Arizona 28. Wait, so the Rams are competent again and the Cardinals are rubbish. Who knows what's going to happen in the NFC West? New England 45, LA Chargers 0. I went for a Chargers win on Pickham. Seriously. <laughs> Philadelphia 16, Green Bay 30. Have we seen Prince Harry's last snap for the Eagles? Denver 16, Kansas City 22. Kansas haven't been looking particularly convincing this year, but it seems like they might just be saving it for the playoffs. Washington 23, Pittsburgh 17. Alex Smith's fairytale story continues as Washington's stunned unbeaten Steelers with a fourth quarter comeback. Buffalo 34, San Francisco 24. Josh Allen is legitimately an elite quarterback. The 
2019 version of me would be turning in my grave right now. And finally, Dallas versus Baltimore. Match postponed. Paul's panel verdict. No score draw. There we go. There you were, your one-sentence reviews. You might be able to tell that that game may not have happened yet um, as we record. Um, yeah, we previewed it last week. So whatever we said in that preview will have come to fruition, I'm sure. So we don't, we don't need to review it, I'm guessing. That's how it works, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. not okay with the NFL continuing to put games on after we're recording it's just not it's not okay can they work around our schedule please i quite like having it uh, games on more days and i don't really i don't really care if the listeners don't get us we we'd probably ignore the game anyway you know it's not it's not not a big deal it's true well there's not games on more days because they just didn't do thursday night football which also confused me when i went to set my fantasy lineups and realized that i didn't need to for another three days (laughs) <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Less that, stressful. Yeah. It's that chore of it's a chore on a th- Thursday. I had this rant yeah. the other day. It's becoming a chore generally, but it's it's scanning down the app to hope of I hope I don't see any Friday one twenties along there. Oh phew, move on to the next one. That's that's all it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't you don't want players in that time slot. You just want to be able to not worry about it and enjoy Sunday <laughs> properly. Yeah, absolutely. But you don't. You also don't really want the game on the Wednesday afterwards when you're sitting there thinking, "Can I trust having Lamar Jackson in my team coming off the COVID list, not playing till Wednesday?" Yeah, that's... when he's up against when he's up against Andy Dalton, who might or might not be available. But yeah, it's a tough one either way. Yeah, that makes it tricky. It was worse last week when you didn't even know if the game was happening or not, let let alone who's yeah. playing in it. But. Um, I've got to stop us. We're talking about fantasy. <laughs> and no one in their right mind does that on a podcast. Oh, it's just mind-numbing. Oh, we've got to move, move away from this. Let's talk about some actual football. And the NFC East, we've been laughing at this division all year. In fact, barely even doing that, just not just largely ignoring it because they don't deserve being talked about. But two massive results for the Giants, obviously, in Seattle and... Um, the football team who won in Pittsburgh last night. Um, I think you could argue that one or two could see Washington keeping it close against Pittsburgh. I think, Pat, you said something similar. Um, but the Giants in Seattle, who saw that coming? That was that was a really, really weird game to start with. The fact that the score was 5-0 at half-time with both <laughs> teams just intent on punting at each other. was It was like watching... The England rugby at the weekend, where it was just this fucking rubbish kicking game going on for the whole thing. And it always felt like Seattle just needed to get that spark going. And you felt like after half time, they'll come out, they'll get some offense going, you know, they'll get their wide receivers going and, and they'll just roll them over. And it just it didn't happen. It was really bizarre. They're desperately playing for Scorigami. <laughs> I love that. I, I love a weird yeah, five five zero at half time. I can't get enough of that. Um I'm desperate for there to be a four at one day somehow. Just uh, yeah, two two safeties obviously. Um wasn't it the the Cleveland preseason game that ended five nil? Wasn't that a couple I swear that was a thing a couple of years ago. There was a there was a preseason game that ended five nil. I I might just be making this up, but Preseason, that's the, I mean, that's even worse than fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, yeah. That is true. But that wouldn't surprise me. It, um, 
Okay, yeah, I kind of, I love a, I get, people slag them off, like a low scoring game like that, but I find them really enjoyable. I think it's probably me being a bit weird. It depends on whether it's really, really strong defense versus really strong offense, but the defense is just on top or whether it's just an offense that can't get anything going. And it's just a bit like nothing's happening. There's hundreds of punts. That was, it was that kind of first half. I, f- I felt initially it was probably the former when Seattle had the ball and the latter when the Giants had the ball, but yep. you can't yeah. say that when you know how the game ended, being fair to them. Um, the, the Giants caused problems on, on defence. and I, I think we should point out that it's not the Giants causing problems, it's Ross. And if we have any Seahawks fan on the pod, they will be delighted to hear that he's considering changing allegiances again. <laughs> oh, I'm past, I'm past caring about that idiot. Honestly, <laughs> so so fickle. I feel like the Seahawks should have got at least half a point for the DK Metcalf stiff arming of Bradbury through the floor because that was just brutal. That was brilliant. It was lovely. It didn't gain him any yards, did it? But it was just a just, <laughs> just laying nice a marker ball. down. Yeah. I think it allowed him to fall forward in a more comfortable way, having laid out a human <laughs> mattress for himself. Is there much to read into this? I mean, if, if Ross is thinking of jumping ship after after that, obviously it's hasty and fickle and he's kind of joking anyway. But um, it's, yeah, there are a lot, a lot of good teams laying the odd egg this season. I think a little bit more than normal. I don't know if it's COVID related or, or what, but no fans makes a difference. Seattle isn't the same fortress that it normally is. I think there's an element of teams always have the odd bad result even i mean you watch the americas game and there's always one or two results that they kind of pick out as the oh this was the game that we realized we needed to be on top of our game for every single game we shouldn't have lost that one there's almost always one or two games like that in every super bowl run that you ever see Uh, and so i wonder whether we just forget that they happen a bit and actually it's just normal like plenty of teams make super bowls after like an 11 and five season where they have the odd bad result. Sorry, Pat, go on. I was just going to say, I mean, speaking of a fan of many quite poor sports clubs, if you (laughs) stick around for the painful bad times, the good times feel better. If you jump ship somewhere else that then goes crap, you never get the payoff of having watched them when they were crap. So I'd recommend sticking with it. When's that payoff coming? I mean, I've got probably another 60 years on this earth if I'm lucky. So some point, surely. (laughs) You'd think, I mean, probability-wise, it makes sense. Um, you'd think it would happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't get why supporting twelve different teams when they're crap is somehow any better than just supporting one team when they're crap the whole time. But that's just, that's just me. Um, regarding the the Seahawks, I made the comparison two or three weeks ago with the Titans in that you can't always rely on your offense to get you out of out of a hole because your defense isn't coming up with enough. Um, I think there's a, there's an element of that with the Seahawks um, because Russell Wilson didn't get them 30, 40 points in this game meant they were struggling or it transpired. They only needed 20. So it it was a complete egg, but yeah, an offense, however good you are, even if you're Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to do it every single week. And you know, if you're not, consistent enough on both sides of the ball you're going to lose some unfortunately 
with, with the Giants though, it's kind of on the on the reverse. The, the defense is probably the one thing that's actually improved over the last few weeks in particular, and they've won four in the bounce now. But it, yeah, defense is is really what's winning them games. I don't, I don't think anyone's sitting there saying it's Daniel Jones or 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 anyone else for that matter who's, who's winning them uh, these games. And a lot no, of they've, they've looked been... better without Jones, I'd argue. Yeah. But... Absolutely, and also a lot of their games have been pretty low scoring. I think they've, I think they've maybe scored 27 one week, but other than that, it's been low 20s or teens. So I think you'd argue that their defence has, has definitely improved. And you know, like you said, I completely agree with your point, Adam, on the Seahawks, Seahawks defence you know, and the, the offence being able to get them out of holes. And if you can't score 18 points against, albeit an improving Giants team, you I don't think you're gonna you're gonna you have consistency issues that is going to be key, and it's probably one of those that they could play that game ten times and the other nine they would score the twenty points that they needed. Um, but you know that it's not going as I say it's not going to happen every time. It feels like the run game's fallen off for them because you can never you're never going to be able to depend on DK Metcalf <laughs> as good as he is to have. 150 yards and a couple of scores every single game. <clears throat> teams have been shutting him down. Lockett doesn't seem to be showing up much, even with teams focusing on Metcalf. And there just doesn't seem to be a run game there, which is weird from a Pete Carroll coached team. And so yeah. I don't know what's going on there quite, but you wonder if they really need to just focus on getting that going again and drawing focus back there. I think it's, the biggest problem... A... Sorry. I was just going to say, I think, I think their biggest problem in this game was right tackle, and that inhibited both the run game and the pass game, because so often Russell Wilson had someone right in his face, and there's only so much even a really good quarterback can escape that, and that doesn't give the time for Lockett and Metcalf to get open, so it just all snowballs to what we saw, which is a 12-point game. But they've had a shit O-line for about four seasons now. I keep expecting them to fall off a cliff and Russell to get a really nasty sack that injures him and puts him out for like half a dozen games and they don't make the playoffs. It never seems to happen. His awareness is incredible. You know, he just knows how to avoid it. I don't want to jinx yeah. him, but it's and also having the the arrow line as well as their run game, you nine nine times out of ten, Russell Wilson can keep the game going regardless. It just didn't happen on Sunday. Um Washington Again, I think in a similar way, they've got a vastly improved defense, a quite scary front seven. I'd, I'd kill for their pass rush right now. Um, Chase Young causing all sorts of problems. It's, it's them that have, have won the game in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, as much as I love the Alex Smith fairy tale, um, and he's yeah, made, made some plays at, at times when it matters, but you know, another strong defense has got a really good win. Yeah, and it didn't happen the way I thought it would. Like, I, I, could, I could picture it, but I kind of pictured Washington get an early lead and then grind it out. I didn't think, once they'd gone two scores down, like at 40 nil, I didn't see them clawing back into it because they just don't, or most of this season, they haven't had that offense to claw back those deficits, particularly with um, Antonio Gibson going out injured early on and neutering the run game quite a lot. But they use McKissick well, they got Sims involved, uh, McLaurin is always dangerous. Logan Thomas had a massive game, so you know they were they were better on offense, and that defense is as strong as it ever was. I mean, the the Steelers, it's well, they've finally lost the game. They were eleven and zero. They didn't half enjoy telling everybody about that constantly. Um, but so I suppose in that in that sense, it's not the worst thing for them. 
they always say it's uh, Belichick never wanted that distraction of the undefeated thing. <laughs> um, I don't think they were, you know, they're playing the Bills next week and I, I think they've got another tough game coming up as well. Um, so, they're, yeah, the potential couple of couple of pitfalls for them, but that's out of the way. Um, also, yeah, we had to put up with the standard 1970s Dolphins champagne. Um, I'm pretty over this every single year. Um, old. Um, I don't, I mean, yeah, they, they're dining out on something nearly, well, 50 years later down the line. I mean, I, I, I probably would be if I'd done that when I was, I was a player and I was in my seventies or eighties or whatever, I'd probably be doing the same, but I'm, I'm just sick of it. There you go. I've got that off my chest. Wait, it's... what, what is this? I think I might've missed out on what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I need to explain this. Um, yeah, if you've not been paying attention, Rich, then you know I can't. I can't help you. Um, it, if you like, met me, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the opposite of the um, athletics field event sort of attitude, where you celebrate your opponent's successes because you can't influence that. You can only influence when you play them. So if they do well, great, good for them. It's good for the sport. And as a retired competitor, to be celebrating someone else's failures sits a bit <laughs> wrong, doesn't it? That that's it, um, and it's. Oh, we, yeah, Greg, you said before we started recording that part of it is the fact that they're quite serious about it. Like it, if it was, yeah, if it was yeah, them sort of joking, fine. But yeah, I mean, right, yeah, it, it, you, maybe if it's a it's team you absolutely not in jest. hate. Sorry, that's <laughs> no, all right. I'm just saying it's it's, it's definitely not in jest. It's hundred percent no. in it because they're still celebrating it fifty years on, whatever it is. It's, yeah. Although, as I think uh, as I said earlier, as a Stevenage fan, I still celebrate my the 2010 conference title and every, pretty much every week because it's the only thing, it's the only thing that we've got to smile about down there. It's a weird thing. I think it's it's more. There's more to it than just sort of Schadenfreude. It's like a, you've come up with a phenomenal achievement, um, but you don't you don't want anyone else to have that pleasure. You want it. You just selfishly want it to stay yours. And I, I guess. I don't know if Usain Bolt would ever feel bitter if someone broke his 100 metres world record. I don't know. Um, but it's Depends that kind of thing. Depends whether they were a juggler or not. Well, I mean, I'd much, I much rather someone actually celebrates something legitimate rather than someone like Carl Froch celebrating the fact that he boxed in front of 80,000 at Wembley every single time he's on television. <laughs> I'd much rather, rather someone actually legitimately celebrating an achievement. <laughs> All right, I should to probably fair, move on. To be fair, that is a good example of the Usain Bolt thing because Michael Johnson was absolutely delighted for him when he beat his 200-meter world record. I remember him being in, I think he was in the BBC commentary box for it, and you could see yeah. it, like they showed him celebrating and being delighted about the fact that he'd broken it. So, you know, there are people out there that are happy about these things when, you know, when they've retired and someone betters it. Yeah, it's like Man United fans when Liverpool finally got their first <laughs> Premier League title. Just just delighted for them. Yeah, right. They just dis- disappeared off the space of the earth, didn't they? <laughs> They've just um, gone 1-0 down. That's salt in the wounds. Oh, <laughs> live, live score live. update from the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm mostly in it for Sheffield Wednesday losing 2-0 to uh, Huddersfield, obviously, but you can't avoid <laughs> some of the top-level stuff. I no. say top. I'll be Leipzig, but, you know. It's... Yeah, it's it's probably slightly higher than Sheffield Wednesday. 
dare I say it. Marginally. Our pinnacle was losing to Kaiserslautern, so, uh, you know, it's not got better than that since. <laughs> All right, let's have a quick look at the, the AFC playoff race. I mean, there's some a few crazy results that have, have happened in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, here's where we are. The Chiefs and the Steelers, yeah, arguably uncatchable. Um, the Chiefs, I think, are mathematical. I think they both might be mathematically in the playoffs, but um, realistically, of course, they are. Then you've got the Bills and the Browns, both on nine and three. Um, Mike's not here, but a very convincing, I'm not just saying this because you're here, Rich, but a very convincing <laughs> win for them against the against the 49ers. Um, it's, it's not like I could argue with you on, on any of that. Yeah. I mean, I watched the game in 40 and we just didn't get going and they looked very, very good. So there's not, not much more you can do about that. Yeah, Josh Josh Allen. I mentioned this in my one sentence preview, and I I was really critical of him, like his rookie year or it's, it's, this is his third year in the NFL, isn't it? So and yeah, even year. even last year, I just he couldn't hit a pass. Um, he'd just take off. He'd have one look. If he saw something, he might throw it badly or inaccurately. If not, he'd take off, and that's just all I saw from him. And I watch him now. It's a different guy. And there's a part of me that thinks, well, have I misjudged him? But I, I genuinely don't think I have. I just think his the improvement year on year is unbelievable. He's become like, you know, top six quarterback in the NFL. I'm, I'm not just saying that. I mean, it shows how important elite. it is. It shows how important it is to be patient with your young rookie quarterbacks and not drop them after nine games and never bring them back again. It's yeah. If you know what you if you know what you've got, obviously, um, and you can keep them healthy, which are things that don't always happen to to young young quarterbacks. There is there is one difference from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty. Josh Allen and that is Stefan Dix. I mean, bringing in weapons like that uh, is always always going to get you in better positions, and and they use him pretty well. I mean, they already had a pretty decent receiver core even last year, like with some of the Players like Beasley, who massively undersung in terms of underrated in terms of what he offers. Yeah, he had a great. Um, but yeah, and I think I, I think they just seem to have a decent balance of, of weapons around him. I don't, still don't think they've got a, a running game. I don't rate Singletary or or Moss, but I think it enables him to be able to go and flex his arm and give it a, give it a shot downfield. They've got enough of a running game, provided they don't need one yard up the middle on the goal line. Which yeah, uh, the truth of both sides. Yeah. I enjoyed or, or the way. Or to run it out, game. or to run it out from one yard from their own goal line. Yeah, that didn't go well either, did it? I, I I love the fact that the game started with both teams having a possession that they were stopped on fourth and goal from the one. Um, the <laughs> symmetry of that. Then the following drive, you had that fumble. Um, yeah. At which point, Rich, you're probably getting excited, but that that was it really for the Niners. Well, you say that we did have a couple of turnovers. We just couldn't get much going on offense. I think the thing for me with the Bills was you look at the amount of time that Josh Allen had. We we couldn't get a pass rush going. Um, when we did get it going, he rolled out to his right and threw darts, which was very impressive. The thing, I mean, you mentioned your impression of him last year versus this year. I remember saying last year or late the year before that he just looked like a rabbit in the headlights the whole time 
he doesn't look like a rabbit in headlights anymore. He looks like a man who's poised and composed and knows what he's doing on every single play and understands the game better than he ever has. Yeah, he dealt with the fourth quarter very calmly and you guys helped him by roughing him for no reason on third and 18 or no, uh, second and 18 when he incompleted. And I was going to mention that, but yeah, there was, there was that and there was another play where similar situation, I think, with Richard Sherman... Um, gave away a penalty there was a, also uh, he blew a coverage completely um so yeah not, <laughs> the, not the best the game for the 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 receiver. i don't know that that was his coverage duties on that i think it was actually Tavares moore should have been coming across from safety he was expecting more to be there and he wasn't which was why it looked like why he there just was a stood there, there. watched the watch the receiver run towards the end zone while he there was nobody within 20 yards of him it's there's some weird zone stuff that's happened to us this year where it's turned out to be not the not the coverage play you think it should be, but actually someone else's responsibility. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Either way, not good coverage. Zones don't score touchdowns. It's like Liverpool's old corner <laughs> defending. It really doesn't help when you've got Dante Johnson playing as any kind of defensive back either. I don't know how he keeps coming back like a bad penny, but... That boy cannot play football. It's because he's just one eye away from being a really good wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, all right, the Browns are nine and three as well. Um, we're going to have to we're going to have to bring this up. I'm afraid. Um, they well, let's look at it from this perspective. Firstly, they actually look good offensively. Um, they're. I don't think that the pieces aren't all there on defense by any means. Um, I mean, their Baker is, is going to be their question mark. Um, but it turns out if you don't give Baker any pressure whatsoever, he can actually throw a football. Um, and that's, that's what he did. Um, they're nine and three. The, the criticism of them is that you can only beat what's in front of you. Um, I've set myself up for a pop here when I say that, uh, but yeah, that, they're nine and three. They've got a couple of easy games coming up, dare I say. Um, well, maybe not so easy as it looked. They've got the Jets and the Giants the next couple of weeks, I think, unless I'm confusing them with someone else. Haven't um, they got the, the uh, Ravens this weekend? I, yes. Sorry, they, I think the Jets and the Giants might be the next two. And that's a weird one, right? Because looking forward to that one, the first thing that crossed my mind when I saw that game was eh, should be a reasonably easy win for the Ravens but they're six and five and the, the Browns are nine and three it's, it's a really odd season from some of those perspectives yeah it's not been not gone to plan um, has it or not gone to, not, not gone how you'd think um it was all too easy for the Browns in the first half against the Titans though um Greg as as your first appearance on here um do you want to have that rant? Do you want to talk about the Titans' defense? Not really. Sure but no, not really. Um, it was it was like watching the game from a week ago when we were stuffing the Colts in the first half. Yeah, <laughs> very similar, it, wasn't it? It, it yeah. was. It, it wasn't. It wasn't us stuffing the Colts. It was us getting stuffed by the Browns. It, everything that could have gone wrong seemed to go wrong. There was a fourth down um, that seemed to be a bit of an iffy spot on it. Uh, which was then was bullshit, a turnover on downs. It was 100% bullshit, yeah. Um, and then you've got 
Uh, on top of that, uh, Derek Henry fumble, which I think is the first time in about 300 carries that he's fumbled the ball. It just felt like one of those days. I'm not. I'm not even going to get started on the defense because I, if I do, I'll be here for half hour. Um, it was just a. It was just a, an appalling first half performance, and the second half, as much as it looks like it, everything was turning to some extent. It was just garbage time. There was no. There was no. I mean, I think if the Browns had turned it on. All they were trying to do was just wind down the clock as, as much as they could, yeah. run the ball. Where if they'd actually gone off to to do what they did in the first half and threw the ball about a little bit, I still think they probably could have could have gone and get 50 plus points in this game easily. But yeah, it was just a, it was a horror show. It felt like one of those one of those Sundays, and I'm still not over it now. I'm I'm pretending to be uh, to be not as angry as I am inside. <laughs> Yeah, it, the uh, you're dead right about the second half. It was meaningless. Um, it the Browns played well within themselves. It, it, arguably, they probably shot themselves a bit towards the end that it got so close. Um, sometimes, sometimes teams do that a bit too early. And how just can you call... let how can you let that game go to an onside kick? Wow, oh, quiet. Just, it's just uh, just something wrong about that. Just it was never ever a six point game. No. Was it as much of a shock? For you guys who follow the Times more closely than it was for us who don't, because I was talking to Greg about it on Saturday and was like, it, my question was, how many are you going to beat them by? Not how's the game going to go? Because I'd watched them struggle to beat us and seen how you'd been playing in recent weeks and thought it was a fairly foregone conclusion, which maybe is what the players thought as well, which is why the first half was such a mauling. But Poss- possibly, I, th- I think there's it's a bit like the. The chat about the Seahawks earlier for me. So to take the second half out of it, and it was 38-7 at half time. Um, it's one of those things, you know, Greg, you mentioned Derek, Derek Henry's fumble, his first fumble of the season. Um, it's that kind of thing, and that fourth down stop. So the first, I think the first two possessions, um, the Titans haven't scored. And if your defense, if your defense does nothing, so the Browns, when... Six drives in a half, field goal, touchdown, 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 touchdown. That's bad. Um, and it means that if your offense doesn't do the same, you're pretty much out of the game. So you then you take you you're taking risks in the second quarter to try and try and get yourself back into it. It doesn't it's it's again the same thing. You can't however good your offense is, there are gonna be the odd miscue. And there there was no margin for error at all there. The biggest thing everyone before this game was talking about was it's Derek Henry versus Nick Chubb and Hunt. That's literally everyone in the media, everyone that was talking about this game was saying that's what it's going to be. And then Mayfield decided, I'm just going to throw the ball to everyone but or hand it off to those guys. I'm going to do anything but that and just throw it around. And it was almost like we weren't expecting, like the Titans were not expecting that game plan. They were 100% expecting... You know, possibly some screens to Chubb and Hunt, but realistically running the ball, and it was going to become that kind of game. And then, you know, if you're that many points down at half time, you can't use Derrick Henry, so you've got to go and throw the ball about yourself, which is kind of what we did, but in a garbage time scenario. It was just, yeah, I mean, a horror show. Cleveland's <laughs> Cleveland lettuce, because you don't, because you, yeah. you, it's a prevent defense, and you run the ball, and you, and it was, yeah, the second half, I don't think it proved anything. Well, it proved that what we already knew, which is the Titans have a workable offense, um, but it's too late. It, all it, Because of the manner of the first half, two or three possessions that don't work, and that's it. You're out of the Defen- game. D- defensively, we saw a little bit more fight, but if they turn, if they wanted to turn it on, they would have been able to turn it on quite easily. Yeah, I think I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, like, like the Colts game, the, the scoreline ended up looking closer than the game was. 
um, but the other the other way around. Pat, what you're saying is, you know, how many points are the Titans going to put on the Browns? It just shows that why they actually play the games. Yeah. <laughs> if we knew what was going to happen, we wouldn't bother watching. The, the margins are very slim, and with the exception of the Jets and maybe the Jacks and definitely the Eagles, anyone can be anyone because it's just that close. You know, we see close games between the Patchwork Broncos and the Chiefs and things you don't expect happen in any game. So, yeah, you've got to be on your metal every day. You say that. The Jets are only one player away from winning on Sunday. Like, they <laughs> they could have won if they wanted to. As, yeah. uh, the, uh... One, one Greg Williams in gauge eight away from a, <laughs> from a victory. Yeah, that was weird. I, I love the fact that they were just like the whole media narrative afterwards was he got sacked because of that one play call. I'm like, no, no, you don't sack a DC based on one play call, but it's a stupid Argu- play Arguably, call. you should based on that one. <laughs> I'll be honest though, how has he continued to get jobs in the first place? I mean, he's been an absolute train wreck everywhere he's been like for years like, i know he's had he's had decent jobs in the past like years and years ago but he's, if you look at his more recent work what's he well, done I mean, it was he was part of the browns in the own 16 wasn't he i mean what he's done now he's taken a bullet for lawrence which means someone owes him and he'll get a job somewhere else at some point mm-hmm. and people have forgotten about him and it's all calmed down his greatest achievement was definitely bounty gate yeah, <laughs> yeah they're nowhere yeah. near as good as mars i don't know what he's talking about <laughs> um, yeah the back to the afc playoff race which the jets definitely are not in um bills and browns are nine and three titans and colts and the dolphins are eight and four and we touched on the dolphins uh, they've i mean a not particularly impressive win i'd argue against against the bengals just a, a bit of an ugly one it's a weird one i mean they're, they're eight and four they've got four very losable games coming up on their schedule, which works against them. I think it's still going to be tough, as ridiculous as that seems, for a team with an 8-4 record. Um, I don't think they know which quarterback to start if it came down to it. Uh, It's a really weird situation they wound themselves in. I almost think they didn't expect to be doing so well. They're very reliant on the defence because their running game is virtually non-existent. And as you say, quarterbacks in question, receiving games, all right. Gasicki and Parker, top quality. They've got decent, like, fringe players there in Grant and people like that. But I don't know. It's, if, if you're too reliant on the defense, it only has to struggle a little bit to uh, lose your games and put you out of contention. And as you say, they're coming up against some pretty good offenses and the Patriots in their next few weeks. So I think that's the easiest game they've got left. It depends which Raiders turns up, I guess, but yeah. Yeah, I've got the Bengals this week, which you'd expect them to win. They did, because it happened. happened. Yeah. <laughs> Are you a Am game behind and looking at their schedule, Rich? <laughs> uh, no, I was looking at the playoff picture, and of course, it hasn't changed because there's still a game to play. <laughs> They've changed the, look at the standings. Oh, we are a tin pot organisation, aren't we? <laughs> it was Mate. going so well. It was going so well. <laughs> I can't even blame being drunk tonight. I should have had a beer. Clearly, that's the problem. Yeah. I really hope that was one of your one-sentence reviews as well. That'd be good. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It says, it, it says here the Browns are playing the Titans, and I really don't want to see that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I do. It might, it might go differently. 
Uh, uh, I doubt it. Uh, well, but by the way, just getting back to Miami, the Pats are still winning the the division, though, aren't they? They are just hitting that stride at the right time. <laughs> oh come on, you come on this podcast and come up with that. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean I'm fucking happy with it, but it's happening. <laughs> the best thing about that game was Jarrett Stidham came on and had three passes for a touchdown and nearly as many yards as Cam managed in the entirety of the rest of the game. I really enjoyed that. That's the only thing that's worth celebrating, I think. Basically, the Pats' game plan is get it down to the one-yard line and then run or jump Cam in. Like That's pretty much all they've got. It so was one of they... the worst jumping the piles I've ever seen as well. Goodness me. Still work though. They're oh, going to yeah. win the division, I guarantee it. I, I think Miami are going to shit the bed and they're going to win the division. Hey, the, right, the, the Pats are what? Six and six. Six and six. They're two games behind. Three behind Buffalo. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I'm going to question that. Um, I'm going to. I mean, play my reputation on the line and say the Pats are not going to win the AFC East. All it, all it takes is Stefan Diggs, in, Stephon Diggs injury, and we, uh, we all of a sudden we see the Josh, the real Josh Allen, come out again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess if you expect a nightmare and it doesn't happen, it's all the less painful. So, to be yeah. honest, they'll 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 definitely be in the playoffs. They'll make they'll get some jammy wildcard spot that I don't know. It's definitely going to happen. I'm, they're going to get they're going to get that expanded eighth spot, aren't they? They're gonna they're gonna finish nine and seven and the same with the Titans and beat us in a wild card. I'm like, just see it. Let's just see it coming and it's just gonna break my heart. What is what is this? The, well, if they if the Patriots are in the NFC, like they could probably make it. Um, but yeah, t- Titans, Colts, Dolphins eight and four, Raiders seven and five, Ravens well six six and five before tonight. So they they could be eleven and five, eleven seven and five by the time this this goes out. Um, yeah, they've got a lot of lot still a lot of hurdles to overcome. Um, but yeah, now you've planted that seed of fear. <laughs> yeah, I still can't believe I still can't believe there is going to be someone in the NFC in the playoffs, regardless of whether the Giants are starting to look better or Washington or the upsets this week. One of, one of those four is still going to make it into the playoffs, which just still feels so wrong. I genuinely had a five and eleven team from that division. I don't. I think it might be six and ten or even seven and nine now, which is getting close to well, not respectability, obviously. Borderline but, respectable. Yeah. Uh, and the Forty ers are going to miss out because it's uh, because the Giants will be in the in the playoffs. I I don't think we'll make it to five hundred. I, I think we'll we'll end up with a six and ten or a seven and nine season from from this point. We needed we needed to win against the Bills and look competent on offense and we we just didn't and i don't i don't see us getting to that that because it's got to be eight and eight minimum to get in i think in the nfc which seems ridiculous that you could get a wild card spot with a 500 record but that's the way it's going the vikings have nipped ahead of the niners as well that that run there they're going on Um, you know regardless of whether you trust kirk cousins they've got you think enough to be there or thereabouts and they've just shot themselves in the foot by having such a bad start. Oh, right. There you go. Um, any other talking points that I've missed? Um, just uh, the games that are worthy of discussion that I haven't. This is the sort of chat I should probably have first, but <laughs> this is where we're, where we're at. The Lions beating the Bears in a... No, that's not worth mentioning, to be honest. I think, I think Pat's review of that was pretty much bang on. Cardinals and Rams. 
I think that's the only one other one that was supposed. I think it was supposed to be quite an interesting game. It's a weird yeah. one. It's Rams a strange one. So up and down at the moment. They they look like world beaters one week and then terrible the next. And right now they're somehow topping the NFC West. I don't get it. I think they got as, the Bucks as, this week, as well, haven't they? As the NFC West correspondent, Rich, you you were saying that it feels like the certain teams always have the wood over others. So like the Niners always right. seem to beat the Rams. The Rams seem to beat the Cardinals, and it's almost like a they take those games off each other. Um, so it's it comes down to games against other divisions that end up being more important because they just they just go the way you'd expect weird division yeah it is it is a strange one i i could definitely see the other three teams in in our division sneaking into the playoffs they all should legitimately do have they they do all have a good shot at it um based on remaining schedule um i I now can't see us beating either the Cards or the Seahawks at the end of the season, which is the only way we'd get in. The Cardinals have, lo- I think, they've lost three in a row now, and mm. they, Kyler was looking looking great. That that could be, if there's going to be a team to slip. But they've got their finishing schedule as Giants, Eagles, Niners. So, Giants yeah. is the one that they might screw up, but eight and eight should still get that. in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't fancy me against that Giants defense of the last few weeks. I don't think Cardinals offensively have, have definitely regressed in the last few weeks. It's all down to Hail Mary. Yeah, that was their last win, I think, the, yeah. against the Bills. Um, yeah, I heard a Cardinals fan previewing that game, and his sort of summary of it was, no, we're done. Kyler Schultz <laughs> done. We've got nothing left. We're knackered. And it's like, oh, that, that's how optimistic you are at 7-4. and four. Wow. Brilliant. Oh, it's not not just us then. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about Jalen Hurts the second half? Do you think he's much of a step forward from Carson Wentz? What do you see for his future? That's an excellent question, and I, I he's been announced as the starter tonight. Yes. Um. So, and I've they haven't said this, but I did see something last week that suggested that the owner's gone full Bud Adams and requested that as soon as Carson Wentz is looking iffy, he wants to see Jay, Jalen Hurts, um, which might undermine Doug Peterson, um, whose name I struggled to say just then. Um, but that's not a good position to be in as a head coach if the owner's telling you who should be your starting quarterback. It's no. also a worry. It's also a worry if um, what I read is true, which is that Wentz's confidence went right out the window when they drafted him in the first place. There are rumours that it just completely shook him. He wasn't expecting any kind of competition over the next year or two. Um, and if that's the case, that's that's got to be a concern in terms of being that or lacking that level of robustness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought Hurts did look better because he did. He was more decisive, and that was partly because. He wasn't making that many reads. He was making one read and then tucking it a lot of the time. But the biggest issue there, I think, is the offensive line and or lack thereof, I suppose. So when you're under pressure as quickly and as often as Wentz is, you don't get that much going. And like if you just look at the raw numbers, there wasn't that many more completions or more yards from hers. It was just that bit more decisive, which helped it look better. And mm-hmm. Wentz just plays scared for me. Since the injury, that was he out for a year or so of 
with the, the knee injury. Since then, he's just has has looked a shadow of the of the player that we saw prior to that. And if you're drafting, I can understand why you would be scared because if you're drafting someone in the second round, you're not you're not drafting them as a as a I don't know development quarterback who you're going to sit behind once for four years. Realistically, you know you're going to bring him in as a you know possibly like Mahomes for example, one or two years behind Smith and then straight into the side. But he, uh, I 100%, I just don't think that we'll ever see what the Wentz that we saw in 20, was it 2018? I think it was when he kind of had his pretty much an MVP year. I don't think we'll ever see that again because he just looks a shadow of that player. Yeah, you wonder whether he needs to go somewhere else to get going again because that Eagles fan base is not the most forgiving when things are going badly. I think this is a chat that some of us have had before. And if you stick the transcripts back and go find and replace Mariota for Wentz in Excel or whatever <laughs> format it's in, um, you can just play it all back. And um, because there are so, so many parallels, not quite the same thing has happened, but um, yeah, two QBs who became a shadow of their former selves, not necessarily their own fault. Um, two QBs who have confidence issues or confidence issues that, became manifested and in both cases I think they they had to and have to move on somewhere else um if 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 Carson Wentz either Carson Wentz is weak-minded enough or he's got he's not mentally tough enough to deal with a bit of competition or he's just not the best QB in their locker room either of those things might be the case and if either one's the case then he, he surely has to go which is dreadful for him because he's He's someone I love the look of when he came into the NFL, and he seems like a good guy. Like again, like Marcus, you you want to see it work for him, but maybe maybe it has to be somewhere else. Yeah, he's he's possibly both of those things you described. Um, I'm excited to see a bit of Jalen Hurts. He was fun in the few games that I caught. He was at Alabama, right? Uh, college, I think. Um, but he was. Sorry. He was, uh, if it was Bama, I, I definitely saw him play a few games in the in the playoffs over the over the last couple of years uh, in college college football. When I caught bits and pieces of that, and he was just a lot of fun. Like he's he's a mobile quarterback. He's going to do a lot of running. He's probably not for long in the NFL because of because of that. He's going to take he's going to take some hits, but I think he could be exciting and a lot of fun to watch. It in, reminds me in the short term. It reminds me, he's a bit like a bargain bucket, Kyler Murray. Like he's kind of got the similar kind of <laughs> similar kind of stature and, and similar kind of game plans as Murray, but just doesn't quite execute as well. Yeah, I think he, he they'll have a bit of fun with him, and I think to be honest, yeah, the Eagles are kind of looking at this now, even though they're still in with a shout of making the playoffs, they're going to be more than happy just to, to spend the rest of this year just trying to find themselves again because they've been a shadow of the team of sort of 2018. But also, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad move. But interestingly, he did have more interceptions than Wentz yesterday, which I found quite interesting. Yep. <laughs> if any anyone would would be throwing more interceptions than Wentz. Yeah, I mean, realistically, when you're in rebuild, there's no better time to start your rookie, see what you can do, get a feel for whether you want to dip into the QBs next season or whether you're happy to uh, commit to him for the long term. So. It's the right thing to do. I think as an Eagles fan, I would be happy with that decision. I might have mixed feelings out of loyalty or respect for Carson Wentz. In fact, I'm sure I would, but it does, it feels because of their record, like if they were, 
Yeah, I, I was going to say if they were in contention, but of course in that division, everybody's in contention. So, it, <laughs> but it doesn't feel like it, does it? it, it I mean, they feels... technically are, but you don't see them beating many of the other playoff teams. So you're not in contention to go far. So you may as well cut your it's losses. It's difficult to look and... at it like that, though. You, if you're, it's easy to look at it like that from where I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The the biggest issues that the Eagles have with trying out Hurts, looking at other QBs, looking at QBs in in the draft, is that Wentz's contract is horrendous for them. Their dead cap figure is fifty nine million next year, just on his contract alone. It's fine. The Bears will take him, and they'll give you a fifth. It's not a problem. <laughs> he Did basically they take, they is uncuttable till twenty twenty four. Just got a new deal. I can't remember. Yeah, he's he signed a new contract. Yeah, um, but yeah, basically his his cap hit and his dead cap is just massively prohibitive unless they can find someone that will take that that full contract off their hands. I would. So who who somebody might I guess. I mean, it's, it sounds now you spell it out like that. It sounds difficult, doesn't it? But... Right. Um, you're looking at clubs with vets like I don't know Colts or. Steelers, where their backups don't look, and you know, unless you're really big on the one-yard sneak from Brissett, the backups don't look tremendous. But even oh, they're then, they're all out of Jags, Pat. Trade for Carson Wentz. Give them, give them a couple I mean, of first-rounders. We've been told Mike Glennon gives us our best chance to win, so you know, we just have to roll with that. <laughs> the the first time they can get out of his contract at any kind of reasonable level is going to be after next season, when that's still a twenty-five million dead cap here, but. It's okay. it's the first time they can. So I expect him to be on that roster next year at least. And it'll probably be, you know, they'll hopefully they bolster that offensive line, give him a little bit more time in the pocket and he can come back with some more confidence. I, I'm with you. I I don't dislike Carson Wentz. I think he's very enjoyable to watch when he's playing well and when he's playing with confidence. You've got to hope that if they can get wide receivers back healthy next year, then they can start to look like a decent offense again. Do you think maybe a head coach with an ego might take a punt on him like somewhere? Because you think you look at the Eagles and what he's had around him, which has just been nothing. And someone might needs think, to sit oh, him down and say, "Listen, son, if you keep this up, you're going to end up being Tom Brady's backup and doing all his kneel downs for him, and no one wants that." So you know, <laughs> put yourself out, sunshine. <laughs> it's going to be cap space, though. It's going to be who has that cap space, and I actually think. That's where it could work in the Jags' favour, um, <laughs> but also, I also think there's probably there's probably I think similar story with the Colts. I think the Colts have got decent 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 cap room, so it'd be interesting to see what they do. Obviously with Rivers, but I don't see him retiring anytime soon. He's got to pay for his three million kids. So. <laughs> well, his retirement age is what sixty five. Um, he's he's aiming at that. He's got to be. He's got he's got he's got to get him through college. Like that's, oh, that's, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of kids to get through college. I mean, if he's aiming at that, he won't hit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with that action, anything, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. All right. Week 14, then. How about we look forward to that um, in our one-sentence style, some one-sentence previews. Uh, let's start with Thursday Night Football and New England at LA Rams. Both teams are on an upswing, but this really has to be the Rams to lose. Minnesota at Tampa Bay. Massive game for two second place sides in their respective conferences. Tampa to edge it. 
Arizona at New York Giants. Has Kyler Murray's season already peaked following his Hail Mary? Uh, whereas the Giants are on the up. Kansas City at Miami. No more easy games, Miami. You might be 8-4, but you're going to have to beat a couple of decent teams to make it. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Should be an easy win for the Titans. Right, right gents? Not bad before. Dallas at Cincinnati. Battle of the backups to be comfortably won by Dallas. Houston at Chicago. Sean Watson versus this Bears defense. And Mitchell Trubisky versus his demons. <laughs> Denver at Carolina. One of those old Super Bowl matchups that is approximately 618% less inspiring. It's certainly less relevant. New York Jets at Seattle. The Jets could uh, spoil their imperfect season here if Seattle don't pull their fingers out of their asses and get themselves in gear. Wouldn't that be something? Um, Indianapolis at Las Vegas. 8-4 versus 7-5, and five, and yet I still don't trust either quarterback. I do trust the Colts' defence, though, which is why I think they'll edge this one. Hopefully not. Washington at San Francisco. Just like the Bills a week ago, Washington get a second trip to the desert. The script is written for you, Alex Smith. Try not to deviate from it. New Orleans at Philadelphia. Carson Wentz benched. That's got to hurt. Oh, nice. Atlanta at LA Chargers. It's the blow huge leads bowl. Although lately, even getting the lead to blow has been a challenge for these teams. Expect craziness from this one. Green Bay at Detroit. Top versus bottom of the NFC North. Only one winner here. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Will the wheels stay off the Steelers train? Yes, unless they can find their lost run game. And finally, Baltimore at Cleveland. Lamar is back, and most of his supporting cast should be by this point, so this could actually be a fun game if the Browns bother to turn up. It's <laughs> That's going to be a great finish to the week. We've had some awful Monday night games. <laughs> It um, should it should be excellent. I do wonder whether the uh, the Chargers uh, Atlanta game might be your four two desperate for Adam. <laughs> no, that game will be it'll be a shootout. I'll tell you now. <laughs> See, I always think those things, and then they never are. It should <laughs> be a shootout. Uh, Tennessee should beat Jacksonville. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why have I got a horrible, horrible foreboding feeling about it? I'm all aboard the uh, Steelers 9, Bill 6 train, which will uh, inevitably come up after expecting such an exciting one. <laughs> um, also, Baltimore and Cleveland probably won't be the last game of the week. There'll be some COVID-related nonsense coming up, I'm sure. So we'll have more, more Tuesday night football. Wednesday we just don't know who football. it is yet. Um, there was another one that caught my eye here. That um, yeah, the the Jets at at Seattle um, can't. That can't possibly happen, can it? Can I, it? I, yeah, I don't think it genuinely will. Uh, my expectations are that Seattle will sort of wake up after last week and and get back on it. They rarely stay the down for long. Defensive coordinator bounce. <laughs> I think the, sorry the Giants to what, 12 points I think it was I can't even see the Jets even doing that in the first quarter I really can't I think it's going to be a 
beat down because they'll, they'll, they're going to come out a bit angry as well. That'll okay. be a comfortable Seahawks win. Yeah, yeah Chris Carson's coming back and looking decent apart from when you ask him to catch. So it'll be all right, I think. I think I'm sure the Seahawks will be all right. <laughs> Colts Raiders is legitimate, massive game um, in that AFC playoff race. Um, I, I'd agree with you, Pat. I think the Colts edge it, um, but it goes against it goes against my heart. That's for sure. I don't like saying it. It's still no. true. <laughs> yeah, I think you I think you could. That'll be, be right. a high, that'll be a high-scoring game, though. I think that'll be a, a bit of a shootout. I think Raiders have got the ability to go and stick forty points on most teams, but I think uh, yeah, their defense can't hold anyone. So that'll be a that'll be a shootout. It's weird because the Raiders' defense four or five weeks ago looked genuinely impressive, and since then they've been. Fucking terrible. They've had a lot of COVID cases, haven't they? I think. I think yeah, they've had like they. some guys on reserve lists and stuff, but even so, you kind of think they've had the shit together a bit more. Yeah. Okay. We will see. Um, look forward to it as usual. Okay. Um, we will obviously end the show in the usual way with any other business. Um, Greg, it's your first appearance. Um, it's time to rant. Or, or talk about nice things. It's entirely up to you. Mine's actually uh, something that I found hilarious when it was reported in the in the press earlier today. Um, anyone who watches Sky News will will hopefully agree with me on this one. Um, but Kay Burley, who is by far and away the most annoying presenter on Sky News in terms of the just just her face in general, to be honest, but also just the way she comes across. <laughs> Um, has been binned off Sky Sports News until the new year after breaking uh, lockdown rules. And they've binned her for it, have they? They've binned, it, they've binned her, yeah, until January. So, I, I, and I personally have just found it absolutely hilarious, considering she is pretty well known for trying to put ministers in their place and you know public <laughs> public figures in their place, and there she is flaunting lockdown rules and being binned off a job till January. I thought it was hilarious, and so I thought I'd just mention it as a celebratory moment for all. She uh, wasn't in an Icelandic hotel room with England footballers, was she? <laughs> yeah, what did she actually do? Because I saw her she, apology, which basically said she went to she went and used the toilet in a restaurant. Didn't seem yeah, that much. But... I don't know. I think someone someone said that she'd been out for dinner with some some friends of hers or something along those lines. But to be honest, I just saw her name and got automatically bored until I saw it again, <laughs> and she'd been suspended. And then thought celebrate for all. But yeah, no, uh, something along those lines. But um, yeah, it, it was something that made me laugh earlier. Maybe she was out in South Africa and she was sick on Michael Vaughan. That's possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pat, any other business? I guess I'll pick up Greg's theme. Um, we had our first football game back on Saturday and it was drab against the worst team in the league. Well, that's by the by. We were assigned random spots to stand on, um, which meant that uh, your people you were standing next to were people you didn't necessarily know. But I got drew lucky straws and stood behind a couple of Titans fans and a Tampa fan, so you know I had good uh, good local company. The one negative that you saw from looking around the crowd is I saw way too many noses. So my AOB is a plea to the people of Stevenage oh. to learn how to wear a mask. Because it's not fucking difficult. You just put it over your face. And there was a few not bothering at all. There was a few taking it down to chat with their mates. It's like, that's literally the time it's most important to have it on. Come on, help us out, guys. Make this like a, 
a pleasurable calm experience for everyone. Or as pleasurable no, can be what you see. Manage. There is nothing worse than a chin diaper. I mean, that is just it's just annoying. There was a guy like three years along from you who had a mask but was using it almost exclusively as a beard snood. He didn't have it over his <laughs> mouth or his nose. And you're like... <laughs> I, have, I have noticed that in the, as we're getting into the winter months that it's actually quite a nice thing to wear and it's cold. Yeah, I wore yeah. it half the way home to keep my face warm. I have, I have noticed that the uh, mask-wearing... Um, levels of compliance in Premier League crowds that have been allowed back in has been about as good as your average NFL sideline. Yeah. It was definitely yeah. worse at the Stevenage game than it was in Stevenage Sainsbury's. Right. So that that's the level. Our fan, <laughs> football fan level is, is less intelligent than the Sainsbury shoppers level on Saturday morning, which isn't a good thing. <laughs> my favorite my favorite thing about all of this is the people that wear their masks the whole time and then they take it off to shout or sing and then put it back on again. It's like You've really missed the whole point of this thing, haven't you? It's amazing. Rich, any other business? Uh, I got a couple of very quick ones. So uh, little quick ones. Someone on this podcast, I think, recommended Shit's Creek a while back, and I finally got around to watching it. Uh, Pat, thank you, sir. Um, and it's, it's fucking great. I really enjoyed it. I thought that the whole rich family lose everything and have to go and live as poor people trope was sort of very worn out for me and so i thought oh this is gonna be shit and it isn't it's really funny and it's brilliant and wonderful um so is there one, the the mum from home alone in it is this yes i think so i keep seeing think memes on twitter about it like did you know that this is the woman in Shit's creek is the mum of home alone and I saw she... I saw one that did make me laugh, which said, "Did you know that the mum from Home Alone is the mum from Home Alone too?" And it had two <laughs> pictures next to each other. <laughs> yeah, she was in a lot of films in sort of semi bit part roles like that over the over the eighties and nineties. She worked with Eugene Levy, who's one of the co producers or co creators of the show, who's the dad from American Pie. But they yes. did a lot of like Canadian cinema and like not massive hollywood films together uh so she was like his first choice to to do that role um that that was the first quick one the other quick one is uh, along pat's lines of crowds being allowed back in football matches the biggest thing that i didn't realize that i'd missed from watching live crowds versus i've sort of switched to the whole not even watching with crowd noise but if i want to watch on bt 4k i have to have crowd noise I've missed first world problems. Right. I've missed (laughs) I have missed strikers shanking a shot high and wide and the whole crowd going, (laughs) I'm so grateful to have that back. How did they not build that in though to the fake crowd noise? Just someone there waiting to press the button every time it goes twenty yards over the bar. They should have planned that ahead. I know, I really missed it. Why have we still got why have we still got fake crowd noise? It's the same in the NFL where you've got stadiums that have got, even there, we've got 15,000 in Arrowhead and they're still embellishing the noise. Really? Yeah. I think the Premier League games, if they've got crowds in, they're just pointing lots of microphones at the crowd and using their noise. Because I think Spurs and Liverpool did the same thing where they they worked out that 2,000 fans, they could space them and keep them in the home end rather than putting them all the way around the ground, which obviously gives you better... Like you're going to get more singing and all that kind of stuff than spacing people out. 
That's what's and, great about supporting a team like Stevenage. You just get the collective groans and <laughs> little boos at the end. And it's just... Yeah, it's like a gentle hubbub of people chatting the majority of the time because yeah. we had no shots on target to get excited about. But we didn't boo the kneeling, so up. you know we're not as bad as some clubs. I, I, did, I, did, I, did, I did for the highlights on uh, on Twitter. If anyone follows me on Twitter, you can see the highlights of the game. It was very good. That was hilarious. That was my favourite tweet of the day. <laughs> um, can I, I, I was going to go to a, sort of serious, a serious any other business. In fact, I, I still will. As it's just ludicrous. It, it's related to this. It's crowds coming back and it's fans of, well, two teams actually, as it's transpired, who've waited nine months to make their feelings known about um, kneeling for, for protest um, for Black Lives Matter. Um, if you're going to, I mean, it's, it's so depressing. It's and so unsurprising that it's happened. And I didn't, I, because I, I just wasn't expecting it because I haven't really thought about it. But this hasn't happened in front of crowds yet. So these morons have been waiting for this, waiting for their day to be, be an absolute arsehole. Um, it's, it's protesting a protest, regardless of what you might think about it or what interpretation you've got about it. You're protesting a pro against a protest, a peaceful protest, which uh, if you've got that much of a problem with it, shut up. It's none of your business. I saw one of the people who was trying to defend it on Twitter saying, oh, if, or you, if you, the club's not going to give me my right to protest, then I won't come anymore, which made me laugh because like, <laughs> what do you think you're protesting against, you dickhead? The best thing, though, was Colchester's response, which was just they released a statement saying, this is why we're doing it. If you still don't agree with it and want to boo, don't come back. We don't want you here. That's I the love right that. attitude. The, their chairman, was, that was absolutely brilliant. The other, the other thing, I had this bit of reaction. I think I don't know. I half heard it. So I don't know if it was a player, a fan, or who it was. Someone connected with Millwall just basically said that um, if, I was, if, yeah, if I'm a black player or a black representative of Millwall, I'd be absolutely disgusted by this. Well, how about being? Why it would be helpful if one or two white representatives of Millwall were disgusted by this? I'm a human and being, then, and I'm disgusted by it. Quite. I well, I don't I don't get how you can be that outraged about people doing that kind of protest anyway. Like, if you don't agree with it, if you think racism doesn't exist anymore, if you think that there's no need for this stuff to happen, oh, it's only America's problem. This is always the argument that gets tried out. How are you getting angry and booing this? Like, surely you just like carry on chatting with your mate, drink your pint, whatever. Like, how can you get that angry about something like this that you want to boo it in the first place? It's mad. The yeah. one thing that the one thing that really has annoyed me even more so about this though is that I think they play tonight or tomorrow. I can't remember, and they've now changed. They're not going to take a knee, and they're going to apparently link arms with their opposing players. Or opposing, uh, you know, whoever they're playing against. I can't remember who they're playing. Right. I'm like, why are you changing it? Like, is this just Millwall? It's just Millwall. Just Millwall. Like, why are you changing so, it? It kind of so, makes it feel like, okay, so just in case, what, there's so many thousand people aren't happy and taking a knee, we'll link arms instead and think that's all right. Just keep it as it is and fuck them. So basically, yeah. that's Millwall saying we can't, they're, they're going to keep doing this and we can't be asked to do anything about it. So we're going to stop. Oh, that's, that's awful. Also, they'll just boo that instead. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to change that side mm. of it. They, as a club, need, to, need some sort of penalty because they're not, they're not dealing with it as a club. 
Uh, regard, yeah, okay, you can say other, you know, a few did it at Colchester, whatever, they were, and yes, you're going to get morons, but I'd, so they're not, they're not dealing with it. The only way you stop it is by weeding out the morons, which unfortunately for Millwall was probably like 70% of their fan base. Well, that, that's, yeah, being, that's, kind, that's being kind as well. I think there's a lot more than that. <laughs> it happened in, in the NFL, yeah. though, didn't it? Was it KC first week against Houston? Like when they linked arms, there was there was like murmurs yeah, and booze right. going around. Like and and that was one that kind of just got. I don't know, I feel like it wasn't really talked about. It was a bit ignored, and I was a bit un- uneasy about that at the time. But this Millwall one was beyond a joke. Like this wasn't just a, a minority. This was two thousand people in in that stadium. There was a large majority booing, and that's what was disgusting about it. Yep. Okay. Nice positive note to end the show on. <laughs> <laughs> I think the way to deal with it is is to sh- well when you're in our demographic the way to deal with it is to show your support visibly for it. So I might join the knee taking the next Stevenage home game because what other way can you do? What other way can you show that you're on board and support? Spurs Spurs applauded it. Yeah, Round, roundly applauded yeah. it. And to be I, fair, I, we I, did as well actually. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't take a knee, you're stood behind me, you can't see even when you're stood up. It's mean... <laughs> blessing in disguise at the moment. <laughs> All right, that'll probably uh that'll probably do us for this week. Thanks for thanks for joining us, Greg. Anytime. It's been nice good fun. Have, nice to have you on. Um obviously now you've you've been on, it'll be like probably another couple of years until you're on again and at that point you'll just be permanently on the show. That's, can it, can, it, can, it, it, can it be a, a week where the Titans didn't get absolutely pumped? Like, no. can we do it? Can we do it on a week where the Titans actually got a win or something? No, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> Fair enough. <sighs> it's, been nice having, it's been nice having better Greg on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, hold on. I'm updating my CV with that one. <laughs> <laughs> better Greg. They made a note of that one. Yeah, you're definitely definitely the best Greg we've ever had on here, and that's that's for sure. Right, um, who knows? Some of us, some of us will be back next week. Um, maybe even the other Greg, um, and some other people. I forget their names. Um, yeah, enjoy week fourteen, everybody. We'll be back soon. Bye for now. Cincinnati number 22. Number 36 from Cincinnati, number 11 from Miami, and number 86 from Miami are all disqualified from the game. We'll be fourth down. That's amazing. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> if I if I ever ever introduce someone to the NFL, that's the video I'm gonna show them. <laughs> that was the third, fourth, and fifth ejection from that game as well, wasn't it?